Hi, everybody. Hi, hi, hi. So, as you hear, the theme of the music speaks volumes. Yes, the washing machine's going, but, you know, we're going to get through this, yeah? Okay, so, um, let me turn it up a little more, little more, little more. Okay, so, for a while I've been talking about the illegal removal of children from houses and various places and all this. It's so strange because I literally came across this story before. You know, it's so strange. I come across stories before and then I think about a lot of things. You know, when you think about if that was me in their shoes, how would I deal with it? Now, I've spoken about CPS removal of children, specifically from certain houses. Now, there seems to be a pattern that is going on. Now, when this couple talking now, I can see there is definitely a pattern going on. Oh, yeah, high tinfoil and lady legs, my, my manners and, and stuff. So... These two, this couple who had their child removed when they were in Puerto Rico, I think it was, Chinieri and Ralph Bay, I can't say her other name, but Chinieri and Ralph Bay, um, they're so strange because I was listening to something this morning and the video flipped to him because I've seen his video pop up a few times on recommendation, I never put it on, I never touch it, it's so strange, this morning it happened to come on I listen to the story and I can hear he is not a shouting man. He's not a man. He's not a, you know, he don't growl or nothing. You know, he is a very humble man. But the main fact is, it's the way they come and they remove their child. Anyway, what I've done, I've going to play one of the podcasts to which they went on to explain how they removed the child. I would have played the YouTube one, but I don't know. I just played the podcast anyway, right? Because the both the mother and father, they live as Rasta, yeah? They live as Rasta. That's why I play the Sizzler Kalanchi. Okay, they live as Rasta people. In, the, in Puerto Rico, which is still part of America. And they give certain excuses and certain excuses and all this stuff for them to remove this child. Anyway, you're here for yourself. I will show you the picture of the couple afterwards so you can see all their campaigning and stuff that they've been doing because most of this happened around, you know, the, pan, the pandemic stuff and all this stuff and you know what I mean but it's so strange because all the couples they seem to go for is either vegan living certain lifestyles they're kind of coming out of the norm I would say breastfeeding women right fair enough right I mean and their excuse to her to them was that the child is premature now anybody who's had children knows that when a child's premature right it takes them a little while to get up their weight and sometimes they have little protein or sugar problem and or whatever the case may be but i'm just highlighting this story because i believe it's one of those ones similar to 
Oh yeah, and those yeah, exactly, lady legs, and those ones who refuse to take the thing, exactly the Vaseline. We have to see Vaseline. We can't see the name. And the man, right? They said that they incurred a lot of racism and certain stuff because due to stereotype. Because you know, people people of color, melanated, however you want to term the something. Obviously, right? There is a stereotype that is linked to melanated people. You know, like, you can look... You, well, you can have the most roughest looks, but sometimes, what I know of Nati, Bongo, Rasta, people, their houses does be clean. Because they live a very clean life. All around them does be clean. They'll be farming. They'll be growing vegetable provisions and stuff like that. That's what I know of Rasta. I don't know. I mean, okay, there is some... Bank there's some bad rasters about the place and or whatever, but sometimes you have to look past them things. The one who's actually doing the stuff is going out there doing plantation, not plantation, living off the land, literally living off the land. They're not playing, they're not pretending. They move out of the West and they go to certain countries and they live off the land. We get the worst treatment in. Oh, well, yeah, I believe you, Lady Legs. I believe you. Anyways. This story of Chinyeri and Ralph is very, I will say, right, you can just tell by his, how, right, even when during this interview, how this man stayed. Probably he have a very, uh, a lion side to him, but he has a very humble side to him. So I don't understand what is wrong with these people anyway. I'm gonna play this one, and if and if anything, I have to play the soundbite from the YouTube What My Fan because that YouTube kept coming to me, you know. Do you know how much time that YouTube come to me with a surpass it and go elsewhere? Surpass it got elsewhere. Today now I decided, oh yeah, let me just listen to some Malachi, some story about Malachi, and then it pop up automatically. So I'm supposed to see that. That's how I put it. That's how I term that now. I'm supposed to see that, right? So. When they tell their story, you hear for yourself how these people mistreat these people. It's not even on how they were mistreated, if anything. It's very out of order. Sorry, if you can hear the washing machines, I'll just have to work through the washing machine noise. If, can you hear the washing machine in the matrix? If you can hear it, tell me, yeah? But anyway, most of the time, right, right, we're going to be listening to the podcast anyway, okay? Anyway, let me start the podcast for you lot to hear it properly now. Um, Life in America, another episode of Life in America. See, First of all, I'd like very to low. thank our worldwide turn, listeners. So we picked up a lot of people in South America, Africa, and we've even had some listeners now in Germany. Uh, we're going to be talking today to Ralph and Shaneri Bay. They are the parents of Messiah, and as you guys know, well know, we've talked to uh, Messiah's grandfathers for a couple of episodes, but it's really exciting and, and good to know that we can actually speak directly to Messiah's parents. Uh, and, and for those of you who don't know, for the listeners who aren't aware, uh, Messiah was taken by force uh, from his parents' home on March 11th by the authorities in Puerto Rico, and so what they're going to do, what his parents are going to do now is kind of bring us up to speed as to what's going on uh, and, and, and 
what they're doing to actively put their family back together. So Ralph and Shaneri, once again, welcome. And whoever would like to go first, by all means. So, like I said previously, just now, okay, uh, Ralph and Shaneri, welcome once again, Ralph and Shaneri Bay. And and I'd like to know, please tell our listeners, you know, what the situation is currently and what you'd like our listeners to know with regards to your family being forcibly separated uh, in Puerto Rico. So as of right now, we're in a federal court and it's moved to a different venue from where it was being held here in San Juan locally. Um, Can you hear me better? All right, sorry, I'm gonna try to be more aware of that. So we had the case here going here in San Juan and we have actually moved the venue now to a different court and it's in a federal district now. So um, procedurally things will run a little different than how it was running at the local court here. Okay. Uh, procedurally, what's what's different or what's changed with those procedures, Ralph? Well, um, you know, a federal judge has to um, adhere to certain uh, laws and take his oath a little more seriously uh, than I guess a, a local magistrate would. So uh, in that regard, uh, things are different and the, the specificness of the case is different now as it's not a, a confidential case. So you and your wife previously then, uh, let me stop you right there for just a minute. So previously, was there a gag order where you're not, where you directed not to talk about the situation or right. what? And, and, and why did they feel as though Messiah needed to be taken from you guys? What, 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 what caused them to, to bring attention to them? So this was all under false allegations of child neglect and there was no original evidence listed on their petition against us for these accusations for the removal of Messiah from me and my wife. Um, but their main allegation um, was that he was underweight. Okay. Point where they believed it could be child neglect, but he was only underweight by one and a half pounds. One and a half pounds, he's underweight. How many people did they come came to take Messiah away from you? Or came when when Messiah was removed from your family? How many officers showed up to do this? There was more than there was more than seventeen officers, seventeen to twenty SWAT team members who actually came into our home. Okay, numerous squad cars outside. Okay, so they they had more than said they had a, a, a literally a, a response force to come and take messiah away from yes, you guys we were literally in a hostage situation um 
in our own homes. Uh, they were at the back of my homes with shotguns and uh, the front. What time did what time did this what time did this occur in the in the evening? Well, it started around. If you want to chime in a little bit, what time? Because I, I get. Um, it started about 4 p.m. and ended about 12 a.m. So this was eight hours. They had our entire building and the block surrounded. Mind you, this is for a baby with the allegation of one and a half pounds underweight. Okay. So you guys weren't, you, you, you guys were in your home relaxing. I guess you were probably comfortable or, you know, you were comfortable in your home. You hear a knock on the door. Was it a forcible kind of thing or what? So the initial, the initial, um, knock was not a knock at all they actually opened something just intuition just for me to all right when i seen the squad cars outside it was a lot of them i just said well let me grab my ipad and let me first record just you know for our own safety maybe later on and what is to take place okay and, and i just happened to catch it right at the moment the police officer open my door we have a we the apartment we live in we have a electronic five keys to open the, the front entrance and then as one as well for your door okay but i know uh, a regular key anyway and i see my lock flip open and the door come open and i immediately reacted to it on time and locked the door and because at this point i I didn't know if the police was here for me or someone else, so I didn't know what was taking place. I just know my lock flipped open, my front door was coming open, so I reacted and I locked the door and I stated, you know, um, well, what's going on? Who are you? Were you illegally breaking into my home? Okay. And then, entire thing on video. Yes, there's a video that's um, got a lot of views on, on the internet of the actual um, initial break-in footage. Um, but uh, later on, because uh, they held us for quite some time uh, in our home, after I locked out, uh, the police officer asked him for the an actual order from the court saying that, you know, he has right to make forcible entry in my home or search and seizure for whatever matter. And he never stated his case and he never produced any order or from the court at all so this so let me stop you right there then for just a minute then ralph so you never got anything in english or spanish with regards to no documentation or anything with regards to why these officers were there to take messiah no 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 and i asked them multiple times to show me their their documentation uh, written delegation authority to do so, and they never did. Okay. And, I want to add in that yes. this is something we asked them for multiple times over the span of eight hours. From 4 p.m. when they first entered our home without a warrant until they stormed our place with um, police and um, until they stormed our place with police and removed our son. For eight hours, they did not present a warrant. They did not present even the court order for emergency removal of our child. We have this on video. Our property manager even came up here. She tried to convince us to open the door. We asked her, why did you make them a copy of our house key? I've never even heard of that. That's a new one. 
You right. hire these people, oh, they're, they're getting their, their homes busted in by the cops, but I've never heard of the property manager making a key and giving it to the police. That's a new one. But that's what she did. And then she came here and said she didn't do it. And we said, well, he opened our door and they, they lied on camera and said the door is already open. But the thing is, my husband caught them actual the actual door, the knob turn, like the, um, the lock turn. So it's indisputable. She later um, said, uh, they gave her, well, they gave me an order, they gave me an order. And I said, okay, well, slide the order under the door. Till today, she's never provided a court order. She's never produced a court order to this day. Okay. That's my property manager. Um, we never, we, they, the Department of Children and Families, nor the court here in San Juan, the tribunal, um, ever presu presented us any court order at any time. We physically had to go down there ourselves to get a court order. Okay, so let me stop you right there then. So we, we so far right now then, sort of like as a recap, mm -hmm. they've come and taken Messiah. He's been out of your home now since March 11th. They never gave you anything in either English or Spanish. They didn't provide any translators or anything like that to you with regards to whatever. Did they offer Did they offer any attorney services or were you guys able to afford attorneys or where were you at in this regard? We, we, are, we are very intelligent people. We're not incompetent or indigent by any means of the law. And even though we're not um, licensed um, under any bar or anything, we try to familiarize ourselves with law for a while now and commercial, um, you know, commercial, anything to do with commercial transactions or anything of the sort. Um, so within our commerce, we're very fundamentally sound and we felt, you know, strong enough even after all of this had happened to go ahead and go forward with our own legal remedy and representation. And we did this early from the beginning um, of all of this. Like, so did you, did, so, so there were, so are you telling me, Ralph, then, are you saying that, what are you telling me with regards to attorney? Did you seek out attorneys first or were attorneys presented to you or or were you a missionary going on on your own? Yes, sir. Can you just give me a little minute to expound on what was going on? I, I, I'm okay. Yes, sir. So we originally, after as soon as we got released from the police station from being, you know, unlawfully detained um, and we would try to be forcibly, they tried to coerce us into signing some documents there um, while we were still un arrested at that time. So the night that Messiah got picked up, they yes. were forcibly, what were they trying to, what were they forcibly trying to make you sign? Some documents in Spanish, which we tried to express them multiple times, but you know, my Spanish is not that well, I'm not a fluent Spanish speaker, so I can't sign anything in front of me at this point. Uh, you can you welcome give me a copy of it and then they refused to give me a copy so finally we, we were released and then from our release um that next morning we were already trying to draft up uh, documents and look into current uh law of how it is here in the commonwealth of puerto rico okay did they did they give you did, in the states yes right did they did they tell you what these documents said at all scenario so um, let me take it back a second, if you don't mind. Okay. Um, what I'll say is... Get closer. Get closer. Um, so 
what happened was um, we, when Asai was removed, the night he was removed, this is at 12 a.m., um, they took us to the police station and they took him in an ambulance. Um, initially, they didn't arrest me. They only arrested my husband. And I asked them if I can get in the ambulance with my son. I told them I didn't want to be separated from my son. And the police officer told me the only way I can get into the ambulance with my son is if he handcuffed me. So I said, okay, well, why would you handcuff me? I'm, why would I need to be handcuffed? And if I let you handcuff me, I'm letting you arrest me. I cannot let you arrest me. And he said, okay, well, either way, we're going to cuff you regardless. And I said, why would you cuff me? Why, why am I being arrested? Why am, am I being arrested? I have footage of me asking, why am I being arrested? They wouldn't tell me anything. Um, they later said to me, okay, well, if you don't let us handcuff you, we're just going to say you resisted and arrest you anyway. And that's what they did. And they just arrested me. They told us that our son would be in the hospital right next door to the police station. When we got to the police station, um, there were a bunch of police. Me and my husband were transported in two, different, two separate cars, of course. And um, what ended up happening was uh, we were then you know, brought together, and they gave us these documents and said, you need to sign these now. And we told them, no, we don't speak Spanish. Uh, we don't read Spanish. We don't understand Spanish to a legal level. And we definitely can't sign any documents that are in Spanish. And we just demanded to see our son. We wanted to know where he was at. And they said, okay, he's next door. Um, they released us. We went next door. The people at the hospital next door said, that's not true. He's not here. In fact, we haven't had any ambulance come here in hours. Your child absolutely cannot be here. Um, we went back to the police station. They said, okay, well, we don't know. And they told us to just leave. They, they can't help us. And from then on, we've been in an absolute black hole about our son. Um, what ends up happening is we went to the courthouse um, uh, two days later. This happened on a Wednesday. So I, it, it happened technically on a Thursday, one on Friday, because um, did, we didn't get any documents. We didn't hear about anything. We went there, got the documents um, from the court. We had to pay. They never, they never served us anything, ever. Okay. Um, so we went and got the documents ourselves. He was removed on 11th. This was on um, March 13th. And by March 15th, the government was shut down. So that was um, the sequence of events. Now, regardless of the government shutting down, you are to have a 72-hour hearing once your child is removed. Um, we didn't get that. In fact, regardless of the government being shut down, they set our 72-hour hearing for March 19th. So they never intended to give us a 72-hour hearing. The hearing they scheduled was eight days later, not 72 hours later. Now, this is them. This is them. This is them telling you Puerto Rico law. And they still didn't abide by Puerto Rico law, right? Exactly. Or, or the Puerto Rican law. Now, let me let me back up. So, just real quick, uh, can you give our can you give our listeners a kind of a rundown? How many times have you actually visited, or how many visits have you had with Messiah? And have you had any visits with Messiah uh, where you've not been supervised, or have you had virtual visits? And please tell me about uh, because. If I'm understanding it right, they're saying that they took Messiah for his welfare and well-being, but the home that he's in, they had an outbreak of COVID there, uh, right? So how is that? If they're taking him from you and they're saying that they're protecting his well-being, but they got him in a place that had an outbreak of COVID, how did how did they how did they handle that? And whoever wants to answer or chime in, but just just get closer to the mic. Whoever's going to be the one speaking. 
you explained, as you explained right there um, briefly, that that shows that you have completely lost sight of the welfare of the minor or my child in this situation. Okay. Because one, you never made efforts to outside of the legal aspects of what my wife was just explaining about the lack of due process that we did not have here. And we also didn't have the ability to try to even understand why why this was happening to us because you had uh, the people who were doing this to us did not have a very good level of English. Right. And that's just the ones that we were dealing with during all of this. Um, so, you know, when, when you're talking about people who have submitted numerous COVID tests, numerous toxicology tests, um, submitted Yale and Stanford Parenting Nutrition and Child uh, Rearing Courses without anyone telling them this um, early. Um, and then you, you've never reached out to any of their family that they've given as reference and family has called in and still never been notified to this point um it's absolutely it's it's mind-boggling i don't i have no understanding how a system can be without any type of any type of like responsibility accountability for the minor at this point when you talk about all these safety precautions were in place that had to be in place for this COVID-19 that the whole world was experiencing it and had literally shut down the world at a time. Okay. And I was without my son. We were without our son that whole time. Now, with all of these things in place, then you come, you come tell me after, you know, I don't know how many months, maybe four months, before I even got a physical visit with my son. And all of our visits, to answer your question, were monitored. Uh, and then it just stopped after the media buzz down here in Puerto Rico died down because some big news stations caught on to it down here, Telemundo and Univision. Um, and after that kind of died down, the visits, it it reflected the same flow, like, okay, well, it's kind of under the rug. Right. It's sort of same again. And so... Okay. Yeah. Let me stop you right there then, Ralph. So what did y'all do in response to not having any publicity or anything else? What were y'all's next steps or what were the authorities telling you guys then? To What were the authorities... How were the authorities dealing with you guys in the sense of trying to get Messiah back? Were they were they giving you clear, concise steps to follow or processes to follow? Or were they kind of haphazardly telling you, okay, go do this, then we'll give you back Messiah or definitely sign haphazardly, me? Definitely haphazardly. I, I have to describe it under that. And very, um, very, very unprofessional. Very okay. unprofessional. Okay. Uh, so, to answer your question exactly, I, I would definitely say haphazardly describes it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What has this done? Obviously, I know that it, it, it creates a lot more stress 
for your wife and you by having you know Messiah. Uh, uh, yeah, you could never imagine. Right. It's, a, it's, a, it's an inimaginable amount of stress, turmoil, and um, different different self uh, reflections though have came out of it, and, and it's a, it's been a, it's been a blessing uncovering itself slowly but surely, you know, and it's definitely going to be by the end of this something where. We build a home out of the bricks our enemies threw at us. Okay. So. Okay. Okay. So, uh, um, so what do you feel like then, Shaneri? Uh, I hope I'm saying your name right, uh, Shaneri. Yeah. So, what do you feel like then? What do you guys want to get out to, to the people to let them know how this situation is going on? What do you feel the authorities are either doing for or against you? You know, what do you want to tell our listeners to to because nobody can take away, you know, I know your father has spoken to me a couple of times. So nobody, you know, I know being a grandfather, you obviously want your son's family to be together. But at the same time, nobody can articulate your story better than than you guys. So what would you say to our listeners or what would what would you say, Shanari, to our listeners right now? Um. So, first and foremost, I, I really want to get into exactly what happened. Um, because I think that's the most important thing here, is really understanding what happened and, and um, the sequence of events. So, I initially went to um, apply for WIC benefits February 3rd of this year. Okay. And um, at that first appointment, my son was two months old, a little bit over two months old. And the, the agent told me, her name was Milagros Rivera. She's the WIC clinic supervisor in San Juan Central Manilia's building. Okay. And she told me, first and foremost, she first told me that my husband and I couldn't be together um, while she was speaking to me about my son. Um, she made a huge deal about this. She said she didn't. She had two chairs in her office, but said she didn't have enough room for both of us. Um, okay. Said that doesn't even make sense, you know. But we didn't. My husband was just like, whatever. I'm just gonna sit out here. We went. We weighed my son, and um, then we went to her office. She did not make any complaints about my son prior to inputting this his weight into what she called and what is called the WIC anthropometrics um, chart. Okay. She made my son. She said, oh, you know, they call, you know, he's chiquitito. So my son is small. He was born 5.2 pounds. It's obvious. We're not arguing that. He was a small child. However, at birth, there was no ailments. He had nothing wrong with him. The doctor said he was perfectly fine. We even inquired with the doctors. Hey, so he's a little small. Is everything good? They said babies are born. We, we see all type of babies, even tiny, tiny three-pound babies who are perfectly fine. Okay. He doesn't need to be monitored. I was out the, the, I, I was out the hospital a day and a half. Nothing was wrong with my son. Um, so either way, we like I said, we fast forward. We're in the WIC office. She so did y'all hold on? Let me stop you there, Chamari. So when you came out of the hospital, nobody nobody said anything about you and Messiah being not healthy when they released you from the hospital. Then. Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. And and we have his full medical records from the hospital where he was born. There is a record of a child who's completely healthy. Did the, the hospital? Did the hospital? In your investigation, did it, in either one of you uncover 
anything from the hospital reporting you guys to the what is it called the familia place what is the department of children and families so um let me like i said let me just kind of get a little bit more into what happened okay well i'll definitely get there so um what essentially went down was um she weighed my son you know like i said here they say like he's little whatever but it's never like oh my gosh your baby's tiny like he needs to eat it's always like oh he's little and cute kind of thing right um and like i said we always get that um with our son so she was saying something along the same effects and then she put it into her anthropometric uh, chart and she said oh my god you know he's 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 too small he's too small she kept saying he's really small he's really small and i was you know, explaining, like, I know my baby's small, but there's nothing wrong with him. He's perfectly fine. No, you need to take him to the emergency room. Um, at that point, I'm saying, okay, well, let me go get my husband. And she's just like, saying, oh, you guys can't both be in. I'm like, I'm going to bring my husband. So my husband came in, and she's trying to express to us that she just feels like he's just way too small. And so, mind you, she doesn't speak fluent English. You know, it's, it's kind of broken English um, or our Spanish is not that good either. You know what I'm saying? So there's a there's a disconnect in in in, in, in the language. Well, they, well, aren't they supposed to provide you a, a translator? Absolutely, they are supposed to provide a translator. They have their own guidelines here that say they are supposed to provide a translator or translation services, and they did not um, ever. So um, what happened was um, she just kept saying he's too small. You need to take him to the doctor. You need to take him to the emergency now. So we essentially said, okay, well, how much does he weigh, and how much should he weigh? Okay. She said he weighs 7.6 pounds and he should weigh 8.5 pounds. Okay. So, honestly, at that point, whatever real concern she was stirring up in me personally, I had less concerns when it was a pound, you know? Right. Because she's saying, oh, my God, he's underway, he's underway. And I'm thinking, okay, he's small, but let's check this out. Like, what, 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 is, what is the chart saying? But when you tell me a child is severely underweight and then the, the, the point is a pound, that's not severe. Okay. I'm sorry, it's not severe. And even if a doctor told me that's severe, I still do not believe that's severe. That's not severe. A pound is not severe. Okay. Now, if my child was in the NICU <laughs> and he's losing a pound, a pound might be severe for a, ch- a child who's not even at birth, he wasn't in the NICU. Right, okay. okay. So, so why would it be severe now? Right. Essentially, also, my child was not losing any weight. So it's not even a matter of, okay, well, he's he's losing a little bit of weight, and if he keeps losing a little bit of weight, it'll add up. Okay, he's so... He's never lost weight. Okay, so, Jamiri, uh it's been said because you guys are vegan or vegetarian that that's not the right thing, or right? Or how does that, how does that play into this? Or how does so, that... How that came into it was then she started asking me, okay, you know, is he breastfed? Like, what is he eating? Is he on formula? And I said, okay, he's fully breastfed. Um, and she said, okay, well, you need to get him off breast milk. You need to put him on formula. Okay. I want to let you know, this is not a nurse. This is not a lactation coordinator. This is not any type of medical professional. This is not anybody who's trained or certified in any medical profession. She's literally a woman who is an administrator at WIC. Who they taught how to weigh a child who she didn't even weigh my child correctly, come to find out. Who who was telling me and giving me um who was who was giving me medical advice. Okay. And she is not supposed to be doing that. You do not give me medical advice. Right. Okay? Okay. You 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 said my child was underweight and your medical advice was to remove him from breast milk and to give him infant's formula. That's liking of what a pediatrician would have advised. Okay. She was not a pediatrician. 
Was she a midwife? No, she was not a pediatrician. She was not a midwife. She was not a doula. She was not a nurse. She was in no way, shape or form a medical professional. So she, so, so, so let me, so let me, let me be clear here. You're saying that they, they were, you were getting medical advice or you were getting medical direction from somebody who was not even qualified in any way, shape or form to, to, to do that exactly okay exactly. and and was this person assigned to your case or was this person how did this person even come into it or was she or was she the or was she with the the the, the familiar place how does how so did she what it with her is the same thing that happens at any offices they just point you to the person who speaks the most english so it could be the least knowledgeable person but if they speak the most english they'll just give you that person okay so it was, and, and, and this is everywhere we go. Oh, you start speaking, I don't know, I don't know, let me get somebody. It doesn't even matter if you're trying to speak to the manager. If the manager doesn't speak English, they'll redirect you to a salesperson, just anywhere. Okay. So it was, she, she just happened to be the clinic supervisor, but she was also the only one who spoke remotely any inkling of English. Okay. So that's really what it was regardless. Um, okay. She just was the only person who, who could, like I said, had an inkling of English, um, but still not even enough to articulate herself to even explain something medically wrong. So that's the second part of this. First, you're not qualified, but second of all, had you been a doula, a midwife, a nurse, even a doctor, if you're telling me something and you're not speaking English, that's still not helpful to me. If she was a doctor who was telling me something in Spanish, that still would make no sense and it's still not helpful. Right. Or now, if did a doctor you... telling me something in broken English, it's still not helpful and it, it, it doesn't make sense. Oh. So, so did they let you, so let me stop you, hold on. So did they let you, did they let you provide your own milk for him or what did they never, do? They never did. During this, it was a court order and they never did. It was a, so what are you saying, Ralph? Yeah. So when we originally um, did submit these documents, they de they denied uh, um, documents, and they said they were only accepting documents submitted at the time because it was early in the pandemic. Remember, so they said they we're only accepting documents through Sumac, which is um, just a almost like a a base. Um, website almost like an MLS for all of the attorney bar members here and we didn't have privy to that so we couldn't you know we were kind of stuck so we were still looking for attorneys uh until I want to say it was almost a month time before we even got an attorneys that we initially started dealing with which was the pro bono ink people and um yeah I'm going to let my wife tie back what she was speaking in on, though. But there was a court order that was issued when we were dealing with these initial set of attorneys that was never uh, adhered to by the Department of Familiar, which stated they were to restore the breast milk, the breastfeeding with its mother immediately. They never adhered to it. They never set up times to, to you know, start these this breastfeeding again. So did she, did, was she ever, was she able ever to 
produce some milk and take it down to to deliver the milk or no or were you were you delivering the milk and then they were just rejecting it when you would take the milk down to them or did you ever get that far see go ahead um so let me let me let me backtrack a a second again um because i I, like i said i'm I'm really trying to get to the full story okay i'm in all ties ties in so um if brother, if, if you no disrespect to you, but if you could let my wife flow a little bit, she will get will get to it. Okay, okay. So, um, essentially, like I said, I'll, I'll speak up a little bit, but um, essentially, like I said, back to the wick. What happens is she's going off saying he's too small. We need to take him to the doctor. This ends up being about one pound. We tell her that's not emergency to us, but don't worry. Well, you know, we'll, we're we're looking for a naturopathic doctor, um, and he's fine. So she, um, you know, that's just what it is for that day. A month later, we go back, and so I'll say this: in this is what and this is what happened. My husband's mother used to work for WIC. So um, he's saying, you know, there's a, a plethora of information online. We could just get information about this WIC anthropometrics and figure it out ourselves if she's not able to articulate it to us in, in English. Now, my mother did work for WIC in Tulsa, Oklahoma. She was the WIC coordinator and nutritionist there and a big, very imp- impactful woman to her community. Her name was Valerie Jean Garethal or Valerie Jean Ray. So I was already familiar with the anthropometric system okay. you know, that she was even referencing. So, you know. okay. So we went and we found this anthropometrics ourselves. And in the anthropometrics, now mind, now mind you, this is basically her job manual. Okay. If, if this is what they give you. It's your manual. You're you're supposed to be. I don't know if she was. It seems like she was not. Um, if you're trained in any way, this is what you're supposed to do. It's, it's called the WIC Anthropometrics Guidelines. And specifically, it states, if a child is born 37 weeks or less, they're premature, period. Okay. okay. According to WIC, now, essentially, if a child is 36 weeks is full term, but according to WIC and their specific program and what they train their people on, if a child is 37 weeks or less, that child is supposed to be categorized as premature and their age is supposed to be adjusted okay the age adjustment is supposed to reflect how many weeks short of 40 they were born if a child is born in 37 weeks that's essentially three weeks shy of 40 so you would take three weeks off their age in this guideline they even give an example they say if a child is born on january 1st and you bring them into the WIC office on january 30th then you would adjust their age and the child would be one week old versus the actual age, which is one month old. Okay. So you would do the adjustment. And although the child is technically one month, you would subtract three weeks from their age would give you a one week old baby. Now that is profound because a baby at one week is not going to weigh the same as a baby at one month. So essentially, if you're telling me my child is underweight and according to your guidelines, my child is premature and you're supposed to adjust his age, this about one pound, one and a half pounds would have been accounted for in the adjustment that you never did because you didn't follow your own guidelines at your own job. What you did is you called the Department of Children and Families. That's what Miller Gross Rivera did. She called the Department of Children and Families on us and it was an oversight and a shortcoming on her behalf. Okay. Essentially, in addition to the in the same guidelines, it says it 
gives you factors of a child that could be smaller. Okay. One of the guidelines it says is race, specifically African-American children. So one, you have a child who is 37 weeks, which you should have adjusted. Then you also have a, what, what they would perceive as an African-American child. These are two reasons they're telling you why my child could have been underweight. But you disregarded both of them and called Department of Children and Families and said that we were negligent. That's profound. Okay. Okay. It also says you need to take account into account the, the, the height and stature of the parents. My, my son is the spitting image of his father. In even stature as a child, he's the same. So if my husband, my husband is is about 5'10", 165 pounds, why would you think my child is going to be a huge child? Right, right, okay. But you're not taking anything of this into account. You're going to go ahead and say we're negligent. Right. And this is exactly what happened. Exactly. And not one time did she ever take me and my wife's uh, height or weight. So, or even reference to try to think, uh, uh, well, he's underweight even to their, you know, BMI. Okay. You know, so, if you wanted to yeah. be a, a medical professional giving medical advice. Right. You know okay. what I'm saying? Because it also says in the guidelines when they should be weighing the mother. She never weighed me. Okay. So, so I want to get into this um, and say that was the first visit, and that's what we did it between the first visit. The second visit was a month later, March 4th. What happened on this visit is, you know, my husband already spoke. He said, you know, she, she you know, she probably is going to ask to weigh him. It's okay. We want to keep our measurements anyway. It's fine. Just measure him, get the checks, and we'll just leave. And if she's, you know, acting a certain way, we'll just be done with it. Because truth be told, we didn't really need um, the, the benefits in the sense to be getting harassed about them. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Okay. So, um, so we, she came in and she immediately demanded that she weigh him. Now, remind, mind you. I've read this anthropometric guideline. So I also know now that you don't have to weigh my child because you only need to weigh them during uh, um, certification or recertification. So my certification would have been the visit prior. And this second visit was not a recertification. But again, she wanted to overstep and tell me she can do whatever she wants. That's exactly what she told me. So I'm not going to argue because, again, we want to keep our own measurements and it's not that serious. Um, we're not hiding anything. We don't believe he's abused. So we wanted him to be made. At this, I have to say, you know, the allegation itself is kind of ridiculous to me because here I am in my professional accuracy. I'm a, a private chef, all right, and I, I cook for people all day long, and then I would come home to not feed my son the proper nutritional diet. Right. But it's really deeper than that. It's really more um, you all trying to scrutinize and now punish me for living outside of their social norms and essentially we're now still trapped within this punishment and these actions and so do you feel like you're being punished do, do you feel like you're being of a lifestyle it really is really a lifestyle choice that they were scrutinizing okay so do you do you do you feel like y'all are being punished because you actually went and applied for WIC, or you applied, or 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 y'all applied. I'm the belief of this, you know, being eligible for a benefit and you taking whatever benefit is completely different than one being dependent solely upon a benefit or a 
social security check or whatever it may be. But um, I wasn't raised on in that man. I wasn't raised on you know food stamps. And all right, that. but 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 uh, but 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 what I'm asking you, I'm, push, yeah, right. So what I'm asking you then is, do you feel like because your family applied for the benefit? And this other lady, what would you say the lady's name again was? Uh, the woman who um, was the WIC coordinator is her name is Milagros Rivera. So, do you think that Miss Milagros Rivera? Do you think that Miss Rivera, because you applied for the benefit and you're not Puerto Rican, do you think that that kind of came into? Definitely has something to play into yes. it, of course. Okay, okay. That's, that's, that's the question. I'm being completely honest with okay. you. Definitely, you're right on. Because the thing is, all right, you see me and my wife, two beautiful, glowing images of of, of God. The melanin is popping. Yes, we're not going to deny our Creator and our essence. Never. Right. Okay. You know, especially as long as we have life. You understand me? And the thing is, we're easily we're easily targeted yeah. out here. You're easily. Um, within a different number game, and so you're targeted. Then you're tar- or you, or, or you're targeted because you. You can be, be targeted. You you can be targeted because you are black, and, and you and you and you don't and you don't speak the and you don't speak the the language. Exactly. Okay. So you so you're at a disadvantage in that in that culture and in that country is what you're telling me. I wouldn't say disadvantage. I would say. Um, we got swept up into um, a long history of, um, you know, honestly, the effects of colonialization. And that had the mindset uh, that is attached to that. And so with that, it's, it's really going to be something where um, the, the, the testimony of our family is one of many, first and foremost. And it's unacceptable that this is actually the the types of stories you hear like this can be federally funded and sanctioned. Um, but really and truly, I'm not I'm not here to try to um, single people out. We're here to try to ex- expose the greater issue in all of this, and that that is the fact that you know. Some of these, some of these um, agencies, they are in dire need of more oversight from a higher power to make sure. All right, if these things are in place, then there should be a level of uh, humaneness at least dealing with you know families, especially with younger children when. Any anyone is concerned about at least to the point that they believe there should be a removal. There has to be certain protocols that actually are followed, and not just trying to say, "Well, technically we follow this because of this and that." But you know, really in your heart, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't do half of it. And it's it's a big it's a big problem that I'm not going to not speak over. The the racist. You see, she called it out. They said their lifestyle, and because he went and he went and searched out the health for the child so she can have the birth, look over. They they talked about his weight, that he was underweight. But 
obviously the father is very tall the mum you know right it goes through genetics obviously um most boys who baby boys are right if they come from a tall man they're very quite long and quite slim in size and sometimes they they stay that way until about 10 9 10 or something like that i can't remember when boys coming from small men are normally quite small quite chubby looking ish you know so they obviously haven't got the understanding of genetics and dna right so i'm gonna show you the two the two the chinieri's husband if i can find him because he says he's a chef right so all their arguments is ridiculous they're just looking for stupidness to pong, come pin upon the people then sorry oh wow it's doing its own thing now let me try to pick it up hold on right this is the man as a chef okay he's a chef he's a chef he also knows about oh sorry you can't even see it he knows about nutrition so he he knows about nutritional food where well, let's see me come if i can scroll it up he knows about nutritional food he cooks for a lot of people so he must know what he's feeding his wife and obviously some babies right you can mash up the food and you can give to some babies right and most rasters natural people vegans whatever people on natural paths feed their children the food that they are eating right so this man he has he's not a stupid man he knows what he's talking about he knows what he's doing etc okay so their argument sucks and another one i want to show you is the mother let's show, see the mother Let me see, I can, you can hear her. We were just funneled through the system. Um, again, coupled with the language, there was a lot to navigate. We were trying to figure out all these things. Um, there were points where the department, the department was refusing to let us see Messiah. It, it was literally a hostage situation. Um, you know, take basically take, take your videos and your photos down or you won't see your son. You know what I mean? That's, that's what was happening. Raise awareness and, and you won't see your son. You know, do things the way we want to do it, how we want to do it, and shut your mouth, or we won't provide you the services to finish this and get to your child. And this is basically, this is not, this is what was happening in our case. You know, Messiah was, was legally kidnapped and, and he was being held ransom. And this is what forced us to go. We were never afforded an opportunity to be heard in court. We were just funneled. Wilson couple, sorry, you couldn't hear me just then. And it obviously sounds like the father himself come from a very wholesome background. So really, they're just 
one is racism and then some and other factors that comes with it. Obviously, you can see that they are obviously dreadlocked, resters, locks, like the like dreads. Dread, dreadlock is not a good term. They are obviously locks, people, natural living people. Like you can see, the mother is very healthy. He obviously takes care of his woman very well. So they're just, you know, let me see if I could get another video so you can. Let me see. Uh, which one is it? Let me get it on this one. It's better. So they're very wholesome families. Like the child's coming to a wholesome family. Not like the child, you know, the parents know know various stuff even if they don't know the language they know what their child needed and they try to give their child everything they can do can give to the child from before birth etc so please when you're listening to this please listen to their story right to the end even though you cannot see the image or you can't see them talking but sometimes it's better when you you hear the story better when you can't see the image um that's how what I believe. So that's how I do it. So um, now uh, let me show you. Oh, let me show you this. No, sir. No, sir. You're breaking the entry. You are breaking the entry. You are breaking the entry. No, you are breaking the entry. And I do not consent to any contract that you all are coming here for. You are now breaking the entry. This is illegal. You are now breaking the entry. I have no, 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 no. You are now breaking the entry illegally. You are now breaking the uh, entry legally. No, this is my home. I have the right to protect my family. So this site is called um, 
I mean, I can't what's it called now. Operation Bring Messiah Home. Removal from Puerto Rico State. It's a call to action. This is Chinieri in her pregnancy and and her and her beautiful husband. And this is a beautiful baby they had, the, what, what they made, what, what they are talking about. See, they had him for a little while as well. Calling them names, etc. See, very beautiful couple, beautiful child. Right, the next thing I'm going to show is their fundraiser. Because they got various, various links to certain things. Crowd fund me this is the crowd fund me where is it i can't even see it now oh yeah crowd fund me and they have one free messiah bay see they definitely been work been campaigning hard from before so if you don't know of their plight get to know their plight do the petitions because they have a petition as well let me see i can find a petition i just saw it just now petition which i will put underneath the which i will put underneath i'm gonna put my So petition, do the petition. Petitions are important. See, I just did it just now. Um, what else is there? I think there's another video somewhere. Oh, no, that's not it. There's another video, you know. Hold on, there's another video too.
My name is Chia I'm originally from the Bronx, New York. Um, I moved down uh, to Miami from the Bronx um, a few years ago. That's where I met my husband, and we've been together ever since. I want to make clear that you know, my wife are professional people, and we're both college educated. We came here with funds, savings. We came here with a lot of things in place, and we came here for business. No, we did not come from America to Puerto Rico to be on couponers, but that happened in the process. No, you don't come here to get you know those services, but if you need them and if you're, your situation, it's not just that, but it's also, it's also the experience of Puerto Ricans that go from here to the, the, the Americas. What we found is. Once you are in the social services, you are to be demonized. You are to be thought as uneducated. You are to be thought as unable to fend for yourself, provide for yourself. You, you're in a, in a place where people feel like they can take advantage of you. In our situation, we went to apply for WIC. And it just so happened that my husband's mother worked for WIC, and that's how he was raised. So in addition to working for WIC, she was very much a community leader. She definitely did community service. Um, she was a nutritionist. That's how he was raised from young. So when this woman was telling us certain things, we already had knowledge and resources to check, double check some of the things that she was saying but maybe if maybe if my husband hadn't worked for WIC we wouldn't have thought to say let's check the, anthropometric. You know, let's check the anthropometric something very specific that most okay, people could, wouldn't can, can know what explain to, to, to most check. people what that is what happens is when you take your child to WIC um they especially if it's a ch like a baby or, mm -hmm. or under maybe I believe two to five maybe it's two years under if it's two years and under their way i'm not sure above two years i don't think they weigh the child after that but definitely an infant between the ages of you know zero to 24 months their their child is weighed you take your child wick your child is weighed. they take their height weight um fundal you know circumference things i mean their um the head circumference things like that um then they enter that in information to what they call a wick anthropometric guide um when they then put that into the the system it'll chart your child's growth um and then from there you'll be able to get a general and that's what we you know what want to put out there it's a general idea yeah, it, uh, of how you should grow there has to be i guess depending on whatever child is put in there some sort of ideal measurement that they've had established exactly uh for i guess nutrition purposes exactly. or just whatever they feel is okay okay so and and like you said it's some type of ideal standard that they have with that it also sh when you think about it to create a chart of growth there has to be then some starting point that they would have in mind to create this chart and you know, end point right um our son was 5.2 pounds when he was born um he was perfectly healthy had no issues he was born at 37 weeks and um we were discharged from the hospital a day and a half later he was 4.5 pounds okay. um he didn't like i said have any issues he was just small and the doctor advised us um, yes he was born here in my way, way. Okay. yeah exactly okay, okay. and they advised us um 
he was perfectly healthy. He would lose a little weight when he's learning to latch, but he'd be perfectly fine and mm-hmm. go on, you know, about our yeah, way. Yeah, very high Apgar. Apgar, mm-hmm. very high Apgar score. He took the it Apgar like test. 9.5. Yes, um, yeah. he took the hearing and and you know the other tests. He was also tested mm-hmm. um, for genetically normal by the neonatal clinic. Oh, this baby, exactly. Um, so we Amen. were aware of his health and he was fine, but he was yeah. just a little what they call chiquitito, See? you know, chiquito. So, you know, which is fine. That's a little, you know, you know label preemie. You know, okay. But he was a little small, but he like so I said. So he was said, born a preemie, uh, but under, under, well, he was, under. Uh, he was born I under mean, 40 uh, weeks. Yeah. He was born 37 weeks. So he's okay. not, he's yeah. not technically yeah. a preemie, yeah. okay. but he's, you know, yeah. still, you know. All right, but he's, he's small. He's a, yeah, he was small, yeah, but he yeah, was fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. When the woman was weighing him, she didn't take any of these things into consideration. Um, why the WIC anthropometrics is important is because WIC specifically states that if a child, any child, no matter how much they weigh, their height, anything, is 37 weeks or less, um, you would have to adjust their age. And what that means is if you have a child, they were born at 37 weeks, let's say, um, and they you take into WIC at one month, they would subtract three weeks um, from from um the child's age so because like i said that's 37 weeks that's three weeks minus minus uh three weeks shy of 40 so when you're charting if your child was four weeks they would say subtract the amount of weeks from 40 let's say it was three mm-hmm. and they would then charge your child that's technically four weeks old at a child a child that's one one week old because okay. you subtracted all right now let's impart that information right there into the chart if you're telling somebody to weigh a four-week-old and adjust the age to what would be a one-week-old, well, a one-week-old and a four-week-old, that's a huge weight difference. It, it should be, That's yeah. a huge growth Absolutely. difference. So essentially, um, we brought our child in at two months. Um, she should have adjusted my son's age to what would be three weeks short of that. So instead of saying he was two months, she should have weighed him as one month and one week. Okay. You get what I'm saying? Which is a difference. There's a difference between a one month old and weight and a difference between a two month old and weight. Absolutely. That's a lot of that's a lot of growth Mm. that should have been adjusted that was never adjusted. Absolutely. Uh, We took him it it, we took him twice, but it was in a one month, so February, you know, March. Um so again in March when we took him, he was three months old. He should have been weighed as a two month old, not a three month old when you're doing that weight adjustments. Those right. weight adjustments were never made. And that's why we feel like WIC has to be accountable at some point because so you, 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 this is a major... You say that you asked for that. And when, yes. you, when you asked for that, what was their response? We asked and she refused. When we asked, to be honest, she, she seemed like she didn't know she was supposed to adjust this weight. Yeah. So essentially uh, what happened was she weighed him the first time. She didn't say anything about his weight, so she he didn't appear to her. At, you know, like, let's say you see a child and he maybe you feel a child looks well or something like that. That wasn't her initial reaction to our son. Her initial reaction was huge, oh, he's little. And, and like I said, we know our son was a little small because everywhere, oh, ay, chiquitito, chiquito, pequeño. We know what small means. Right, right, right. So, you know, but we've yeah. never got like, oh my God, that baby needs to eat. It was all like, oh my God, he's so and, little, and you what, know. What, what was the weight? Uh, that was uh, in, in terms of uh, the disparagement. I don't know if mm, you could, mm, mm-hmm. you know, that that actually occurred. So what she told us was our son weighed seven point six pounds and should be weighing eight point five, 
and we should take him to the emergency room right for now. that right, right now, now at this moment. So of course, really? and then I think people I have agree. to see this because I don't know how things come out in the media. Things may be sensationalized right. or not right. a lot enough information, Absolutely. but. I just want to, first of all, we're first-time parents, but we're people, and things make sense. People have common sense. Now, the language difference. Mm -hmm. is, the, is the person assigned to you able to communicate in full English with you um, at this point? So I will say this. The woman communicated with us in English, but I think it's a difference be between being able to say, how are you doing, okay, your baby's little, and being able to explain um, your child isn't charting well on the Absolutely. chart. It's digress. Yes. It's an increase. Language is different when you have to use certain kind of terminology. And she wasn't, she didn't have the... Because I'm sure you demanded that information. We, we asked for that information, and, 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 but she didn't have the, the terminology... <clears throat> to explain that uh, there might have been a lack of uh, uh communication in terms there of most uh, definitely was. Uh, misunderstandings in terms of communication on top of whatever uh, uh biases exactly. that might, might have existed and i i believe too um there was a level of frustration when she wasn't able to articulate herself in english uh -huh. but even with that if she couldn't if she couldn't articulate, she couldn't con uh, communicate, she should have then referred us to somebody who could. She well, could have got us a well, translation. Even, she should even, have gave even, us documents in English. Even with all this, right? Mm -hmm. The difference in weight is not even a pound, right? Exactly. Exactly. So this was the reason. This is what she said to take what, my child. Was there anything else that was said? Like, so she's telling you this. Like, she's breaking you the news that she has to take your child because he doesn't weigh almost a pound? And that... Exactly. exactly. And, 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 and also the fact that we were choosing our own um, a practical medical doctor, pediatrician, to take him to. Okay. And we were about which doctor we wanted to, you know, start him with. Okay. And he had just turned three months. This was at one... This was at two months. Two months, months. yeah, two like, months. This is the first... First time at two My months. goodness. So, yes, yes. sorry, I know they are repeating themselves, but you know, sometimes you need to repeat the story again. So, people who didn't hear it the first time, the first time in the first cast, you can hear it again. You see, they literally like are really being demonized, really, by the sounds of it. To me, because they try to look for things and be independently about it for their child. So, and I have looked up what Wick is. So, yeah, that's why I put what is Wick because I have looked it up as well to find out who Wick is or who, what are they. And yeah, I'm going to let this continue to play out, and then I'm going to move to the next segment of explaining about Wick. What do you mean? It's it's crazy, mean? but also um, when you say other things, when she was expressed to us, of course, the conversation of how he's being fed came up, and we told her he's exclusively breastfed. She said, "Oh my God, no! You need to take him off breast now. Give him formula. She supplement said this him. to you. Yes, put him on. This is what she said. You have to put. She him said, on. "You you are having a problem lactating. Um, your 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 milk is insufficient. You need to." 
put him on formula right now and take him to the doctor. Okay. This person was not a healthcare professional, a medical professional. She was not a nurse. She was not a lactation did she, specialist. Did she refer to, refer you to one? Or did she, uh... she? She did not. So we were with her for about two and a half hours. In that two and a half hours, she was expressing to me that my breast milk was in. Okay, so we so we heard about the explanation of the lady who is not a who doesn't understand about the breastfeeding situation. She wasn't qualified to do it, basically. So she have no understanding of it. Okay, so I am gonna cut that one off because that was said previously already. Okay, and I don't want to um, keep repeating the same thing over and over again. So I'm going to stop this one, and we're going to take a look at Wick. So as the as um, Ralph and Chinieri explained, right? They explained about looking for uh, Wick, look, looking for a health practitioner, going to um, going to this company called WIC or organization called WIC. So I'm going to show you WIC. Let me take this off. So this is WIC. So WIC is, WIC is uh, for the special supplemental nutrition program for women and infants, infants and children. And it is federally funded program that targets the health and nutrition needs of a pregnant and post-mortem women breastfeeding and infants under the age of five. WIC serves more than 6 million people each month. WIC is best known for providing nutritious food at no cost um, to supplement diets of participating families. Some foods include iron iron adults, cereal, infant cereals, baby foods, dairy products, eggs, milk, etc., peanut butter, dried canned food, canned fish, soy-based products, beverages, tofu, whole wheat bread. So WIC encourages and supports breastfeeding. The food packages available to breastfeeding mothers are specially designed to meet their nutritional needs and breast pumps may be available to participate participants for women who do not fully breastfeed. WIC provides iron foresight infant formula with um you know with medication special infant formula but WIC isn't just a food program it also provides nutrition and education counseling as well as screening and referrals to health and social services. WIC serves pregnant women through their pregnancy up to six weeks after birth or the end of their pregnancy. Breastfeeding mothers up to one year after baby's birth. Non-breastfeeding mothers up to six months after their baby's birth and the end of pregnancy. Infants up to one to one year old. Children up to five years old. So obviously the income eligibility for WIC is determined by the household income which must be below 185% of the U.S. poverty income guidelines. Applicants who receive the Supplementary Nutrition Assistance Program benefits Medi Medicare or temporary assistance to needy families meeting the income eligibility for WIC. Even though WIC is funding 
funding comes from the federal government, you can contact your state and local office to apply. So obviously the family knew what they were looking for. It says it all there in black and white. I don't need to go in deep. I don't... Um, they're obviously, like I said, looking out for the health of their child. The man said, Rouse said, his mother works in a wicked cell. So basically, this is definitely an awful, unlawful removal of a child. You know, it's, it's, it's really out of order. And this is why I'm bringing it forward now. Like when you look into the different elements of the reasons behind it, it makes no sense, really. They are just, like, they just wanted a reason to go and get that child. And I think it is due to the parents' lifestyle and due to because the mum is a breastfeeding mother. She's not, he's not bottle fed. And, you know, there's so many elements, you know what I mean? Um, so um, please uh, do the petitions, the crowdfundings that they are, are running. Um, you know, just do, just, just, just involve one, involve yourselves in this, basically, because it could be your family, your bro, your 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 nephew, nieces, whoever. You know, the sad, right, the only thing with them is that they was in Puerto Rico, what, which is still part of America, I may add. So, you know, the same thing applies with the WIC. The, ed the eligibility. So I feel, yeah, like I said, there's a lot of racism that's involved in this. I'm not going to waffle and go on and on and on. I feel that these people, they have stated their cases and I hope they get their child back. Right, One child did come back to, to Thai and I forgot the lady's name, the American Idol lady. So the petitions do work. The bigger the campaign, the bigger, the more the child will be brought home as well. Because, like, you know, you don't know where the child's going to end up. You don't know the situation, the hospital, whatever, you know, especially if they're not making the parents see the child, if they're going to do the supervision, whatever. it just goes on in it. But there are more of these stories... There are more of these stories. I mean, I've only spoken, well, this is my, the second one that I've come across. I know there's more of it. There was another person too. He said the same thing happened to him and his child. He is also lots um, vegan lifestyle, natural lifestyle. I know, right, they didn't go to hospital. Doula came. She had the baby, you know, right, I mean... There is many factors, many, many, many factors. So I'm not going to go on and make this video long that more longer than it has to be. Um, please do the petitions, do the petitions, do the petitions. I cannot keep pushing that more. The more people push the petitions, the better for the families. The families get the children back. So I have put all the links in there. I've put the explanation on why these why this couple is talking and stating their case. Um, 
even if like you can get in touch with them i think i put their uh, emails in the chat um if you know of a lawyer a good lawyer that can help them even better you know um every little helps that's how i see every little helps and um yeah you know yeah i'm just gonna come off because you know it's always it's always hurts me when you hear these stories these stories are very deeply very deep honestly it's very deep i don't know no children close to me that has or families that's been through this but i will not want to know that it's one of mine's you know going through this and um yeah so please like comment underneath the video on this subject please do petitions please do petitions please do petitions go fund me if you can give a little sum sum we can do that that's fine to even help their plight and um i am going to go now um yeah have a good day good afternoon please listen to the podcast i know it's long it is a long podcast it is a long podcast but they are stating their reasons and that's and that's why i put the other one in as well so you can even hear it even more clearer what happened but i haven't played all of it because it was already pre previously stated already the situation i showed you the video I showed you the two videos of how they dealt with them when they came to their house, etc. You know, so um, yeah. You know, so with that said, I'm gonna come off. Thank you for those who came through. I'm gonna say your names. Thank you for coming through. Tinfoil, Lady Legs, Lady Legs, Big Dog Philly, Ghetto Child. Romel Matt So please go to their um IG's Instagram you know support them that's all that's that's the most you can do sometimes support a person the more people support them the more they know a lot of people got their back uh go on to all their links that they have on the ig i think the messiah the messiah has quite messiah bay has quite a lot of links in there um yeah just you know just just yeah i can't there's nothing more i can really add to it really so with that said i'm going to come off have a good day good afternoon and have a blessed day okay bye